History happened everywhere. The verdict. This is our after-show podcast where we look back at the most recent episode, Jack O'Lantern in South Korea, (sighs) during 2020 to 2025. So if you haven't listened to that, go back and check it out, or else you will encounter spoilers ahead. Spooky spoilers. Spooky spoilers. (laughs) Hello, my name's Pete Goddard. I'm here in the studio with my spooky soulmate, Ryan Weir. Spooky soulmate. And we are joined, as ever, by the dazzling, the daring, the disarmingly direct, Paul Dursley. Good evening. Good Good evening, evening, Paul. Mr. Dursley. We did warn of spoilers ahead. We should probably warn of bangs and crashes ahead because it is fireworks season, so there may Mm. be some pops and crackles in the background. Be not worried. We're not on fire. It is simply fireworks season. Yeah. Um, Hide your pets. So are you a fireworks guy, Mr. Dursley? I'm more a fireworks guy than a pumpkins chap. So what kind of fireworks are you into? Are you a Catherine Wheel, a Rocket Man, or do you just like a sparkler in the dark? Well, I, I, li- I like the sort of those cakes that you can buy nowadays. Some square number, like 25, 36, 49. Little fireworks all in a box, aren't they? And you just light the box and they all go off and you sort of get a semi-professional display at home purchased one once Mm. and you know how we're always really bad at calculating distances and square miles and meters and just generally maths and volume we are yeah yeah we bought one of these boxes and didn't exactly understand correctly the distance one was supposed to be (laughs) away from this box we put it in and we set this thing off and it was far too close to the house (laughs) and we basically all ran for cover as soon as it started (laughs) i've never seen a group of adults run quite as quickly as when we recreated the song in my back garden. (laughs) (laughs) The noise of a firework, it sort of makes a very distinct noise, doesn't it? That sort of... (whistles) I wonder if I could replicate that noise with just some Dursleyisms. So it's like a... (laughs) Oh, God! (laughs) Well, you'd you'd have to sort of put me on a trolley and move me very fast relative to you. I'm willing to give that a go. Penny for the Durs. Penny for the Durs. <laughs> Guinea for the judge, I think. For our American listeners, the Penny for the Guy is a, a tradition of children dressing a sort of stuffed person, like a scarecrow kind of thing, not on a stick, but stuck in a trolley, pushed around and asking for a penny for the guy. Yeah, who was Guy Fawkes. Who we then put on the bonfire and <laughs> burned. <laughs> it's a great tradition. Yeah, burn the man. <laughs> Right. Uh, I think before we move on, we should remind ourselves what we talked about with some sort of, I don't know, 60 second long recap. Mm, That's a good idea. Who could do this? Well, I could do it for you. I think you should try. All right, let's give it a go. When do I start? I think you should start right about now. Well, this week's episode was a Halloween spooktacular. The focus was on jack-o'-lanterns in South Korea from 2020 to 2025, but to tell that story we had to first dive into Korean history, recounting the difficult journey the country has taken to get to its current place as a showcase nation for technology and growth. We talked about the celebration of Halloween and the origins of its iconic image, the jack-o'-lantern pumpkin. An Irish prankster called 
dingy Jack, whose deal with the devil set him on a crash course for eternal damnation. We learned about all the different varieties of pumpkin that are grown around the world, and we learned that the classic Halloween jack-o'-lantern variety is difficult to find in Korea, but we discovered that the future of farming in Korea will no doubt soon allow for every store in Seoul to have as many big orange pumpkins for carving as they can sell. Finally, we delved into the spooky side of Korean folklore, with an exploration of the mischievous goblin called the Degepi, and the mystifying legend of the Egg Ghost. All while Pete ate Korean treats and carved his very own HHE pumpkin. That was last week's episode done. Summarised nicely, nice one, son. Now we're over to a young Dursley who's gonna tell you what he thought of me. He'll take you apart without any care. He's the lovely Paul Dursley. The lovely Paul Dursley. Excellent stuff. Thank you very much, Ryan. So, Mr. Dursley, just overall, how did you enjoy the episode? Are we going to be looking at generous grades or a stingy Durs? Stingy. <laughs> oh, I thought that was a Degepi. Oh, that was... <laughs> now we're being haunted. On the line. We're being haunted by Dursley the Egg Ghost. South Korea is, is one of those places that I, I suppose you could say it's a bit overshadowed by sort of Japan. And so when you think of that region, you think of Japan rather rather than South Korea. But certainly I, I'd like I, I'd like to I'd like to visit it. It would be interesting as I have been to Japan to sort of look at the similarities and the differences. See, in some ways, I felt that South Korea feels like a kind of new Japan almost with the brands and the, there's the electronics and the cars and the, the sort of technology side of life. So I, I think that comparison actually is quite interesting because culturally and sort of technologically, South Korea seems to be really going on right now. They're definitely taking uh, like a cultural stance, though, like of their own. Um, I think mainly through sort of the technology. Um, a lot of the brands are brands that we would recognize here in the West, uh, but also through culture. So the TV shows, the movies, uh, sort of the K-pop is all starting to sort of permeate around the globe rather than just within that area. And I read that that was a very deliberate policy the government funds this stuff to push korean culture out as a sort of aspect of its national diplomacy well it seems to be working so well i'm glad we got squid games if nothing else well and and gangnam style (laughs) well maybe not everything but (laughs) (laughs) i was interested brian in how you halloween has been in doubt you were saying Uh, yes bit uh bit uncertain but it's happened now so how did halloween go down this year right so halloween 2021 in in seoul okay well on the friday the 29th of october this year 272 people were caught by the police for violating quarantine rules they have fines of 100,001 korean won or roughly 85 dollars so i guess about 65 pounds plus not only did they get the fine they would get a notice of reprimand sent to their residence or sponsor Ooh, that's interesting, going on your isn't permanent it? Record, as yeah. they would say in school, people were cuddling up too close to each other, weren't yeah. they? Yeah, there was one thing that I read in the news though that um, apparently there was a lot of unfair blaming of foreign visitors, or rather, that was an accusation of that, um, with a lot of deportation warnings being issued. Wow, that's radical. It, the streets were absolutely rammed with people uh, partying. South Korean confectionery maker Orion they launched a limited edition version of their choco pie called the Halloween. Halloween choco pie. It was a marshmallow sandwich, which they put with 
pumpkin-flavoured biscuits, uh, corn-flavoured cream in the middle, and a pumpkin-flavoured chocolate glaze. That sounds wildly unappetising <laughs> to me, yeah. I'll be honest. I tried to see if I could get one, but I couldn't, unfortunately. Oh, that's I very fortunate. stuck to South Korea. <laughs> uh, there was the Venti, which is a South Korean coffee chain. Um, they created the Pumpkin Shaky, which is an iced pumpkin smoothie topped with sweet beans and vanilla ice cream, served in a special Halloween-themed cup holder. This is what I really despise about this so-called Halloween. What, the commercialism? Well, it's it's just for its own sake. It just goes around and around and around and around and you just sort of think God, are people just so stupid? There's a lot of money to be made in this. So I understand your objection to the commercialism, Paul, but I have to ask you, can you possibly object to pets in Halloween costumes? Why should pets be dressed up anyway? Oh, are you telling me you wouldn't love to see a little doggy in a jack-o'-lantern outfit? A little Jack Russell jack-o'-lantern. Jack Jack Russell (laughs) (laughs) O'Lantern. Talking of dogs and pets, uh, there was one pet cooking studio, which is a thing, apparently, a cooking studio. Pet cooking? Yeah, where they made and sold. No, not before you get down that line. (laughs) These these guys make food for pets, not oh, of pets. No, I was in a different place entirely. I was thinking, how can a pet cook anything? <laughs> oh, I see. Right. So they made and sold Halloween-inspired cookies just for dogs. Oh, Jesus. God almighty. <laughs> What's so upsetting about that? If you've got a little dog you want to treat it to a Halloween treat, you go to the little pet store oh, no. and get some Halloween cookies. I mean, it's just... It's this herd mentality, the stupidity of it. People got too much money, you're going to be saying next. Yeah, having all fun on their own But it's not fun, is it? It's not fun, is it? When everybody else is doing the same thing at the same time. I think that's very much part of what appeals to people, to be honest with you. You're dressed up as a sexy cat on your own, are you? In July. Just finishing that bit off, so... (laughs) <laughs> the cookies that they, they created, some of the little Halloween-inspired ones, were inspired from the Netflix show Squid Game. There are some candies that were in that show, and so they replicated those so you could buy some of these cookies for your for your dog. But that leads me to the next point, which is that costume-wise, the Netflix show Squid Game was the biggest inspiration for the the, the people of Seoul. By almost everyone. everyone. Those pictures you just look, there are tons of people wearing the red outfits, well, uh, jumpsuits, or the green track suits that were famous from the show. But that's good news, though, right? Because that had a big full-faced mask, as I yes. recall. Which means, you know, you've got your COVID safe costume on. Yeah, there were people from Seoul that were complaining, like residents that were saying people are crazy and they shouldn't be this in this much close proximity. We've just been through COVID and people weren't wearing masks under the masks, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. But what is interesting and why it is good is that for the garment industry, it's now raking in money just from making these costumes from Squid Game. Apparently, there just one factory is producing 6,000 of their green tracksuits a day. So just one. So there are that many costumes that are being produced, and they're shipping them out to uh, Japan and around the world as well. So That's a costume with like, legs as well, though, isn't it? Because at the end of the day, you've got a tracksuit. It's just a green tracksuit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so there you go. So that's Halloween in Seoul this year. So big news. Oh, and, uh, one, one little fact that talking about pet food is if you came on hard times in the future, should you eat dog food or cat food? I'm saying dog food. I'm going to go with cat food just because that way we've covered 
But someone, someone's going to be right. We nailed this, Ryan. Yeah. Okay. So, Pe- as as ever, as ever, Peach is correct. <laughs> oh, what? No, you Wait, should. What's, al- what's in cat food? Then? You should always go for dog food because, for some strange reason, in this country, dog food is fit for is classed as fit for human consumption, whereas oh. cat food is not fit, classed as fit for human consumption. Are we talking about tinned foods? Yes. I've always wanted to put it in volivants and see what people say. <laughs> Don't tell them, yeah. of course. No, I'm not sure. I, I used to have a cat a long, long time ago, and cat food smells absolutely disgusting. I don't know if right. dog food has yes, the same quality. Um, uh, when, my, when I was sort of a younger and still living with my parents, my poor old cat never really got fed when they were away because I wouldn't open the tin because it smelled so disgusting. So you just let the cat starve? Well, no, it could eat those things that blow up in its stomach. Okay, right. Yeah, I, I've I've been ruined because I've never had a cat, so I've been ruined by the commercials which show me deliciously tuna laced tins <laughs> of, of food that everybody enjoys so much. No, it all smells of ab. Oh, I don't know. It smells disgusting. My mother even had a special fork for cat food. A cat food fork. Exactly. It had a a black line painted around it. Which seems a bit stupid. Is I'm sure the dishwasher could have got the cat food off it. Well, yeah, but didn't you sack him? <laughs> so Halloween, we talked a bit. I asked about the Halloween colours. I observed that the pumpkins, which mm. I think we'll also like to talk a bit more about, was it the orange of Halloween, the orange of a pumpkin? And yeah, I had a little right. read about that, and I learned that the orange was actually the orange of Halloween prior to pumpkins being the classic really? jack-o'-lantern, because as you said, they started as turnips, didn't they, in Ireland? Yeah. And it was much later that the pumpkin came on. But actually, the theory is that actually the black and orange is the black of night and death and spookiness. Yeah. Uh, but the orange is flames, autumnal, Okay. the sort of light and darkness of that kind of period. So actually, it's entirely coincidental that the, well, that's not entirely coincidental, it's still an autumnal colour and it's an autumnal right. squash uh, yeah. but it doesn't come from the pumpkin the pumpkin is incidental oh that's cool um paul when did orange become a thing isn't it one of the last colors or something that was well discovered? yeah yes it was the fruit was named before the color so it was called an orange it was called an orange okay because orange was just called golden or a shade of yellow uh, a lot of it does go back to orange of course as well being uh, william of orange Sort of the kings, and you know the story about carrots turning orange, right? Because they weren't originally orange, right? Yes, the sort of carrots were generally sort of lots of different colours, but mainly sort of purpley. So when when would we have expected orange to be like the colour orange then? Around that time? I sh- I I don't know the digits, but I think it will be around about that time. Yes. Right, but it does beg the question: Are there colours that we have yet to name? I'm not the person to talk to about this. <laughs> Why? I'm colourblind. Oh right. Oh. <laughs> but I think naming colours is really quite a deep subject, isn't it? Because how how the colour that you call green might not be the same as the colour Pete calls green. Oh, I see. Whereas, no, whereas, if we, whereas if we say it's RGB 02550, we all know what it is. Yeah, fair point. I can tell you for a fact that there are colours that my partner is able to distinguish that I am not. Really? It's like there's blue. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, that's not blue. I mean, it looks like blue to me. No, that's puce or oh, interesting. taupe or something. I don't know. 
one of the many colours that I don't really understand. <laughs> no, knowing the names of... Well, first of all, it's knowing the names of the colours. and That's fortunate if you're able to distinguish them. But I, I just can't think of which way around this is. But something like either the word blue or the word green was quite late. The split and the colours that we know, now call blue and green would have been given the same name. So basically what I'm getting is, at, in the beginning, there was red and not red. Right. It's a good job there weren't paint companies back in the day, because we'd all be talking about <laughs> Arabian sunset yellow and duck, misty morning. Ducktail green. <laughs> well, the one that gets me is elephant breath. I mean, I can picture that, though. I can too. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I don't know what it smells like, though. Hey. Current buns. And- <laughs> <laughs> oh dear let's move to pumpkin talk right i love pumpkins talk, you... ask me questions about pumpkins i could tell you anything well first of all i have I'm to the ask pumpkin king what is the latin name pumpion wasn't it pump pumper Sorry, my mistake. It was a badly formed question. What's the binomial name of a pumpkin? Mr. Pumpkin. <laughs> my brain just melted. <laughs> I don't know what that means. All right, I rephrased my, my point. Ask me some things about pumpkins that I know about. <laughs> Ryan, could you tell us some things about pumpkins? <laughs> well, okay, so we talked about a lot of the different varieties, right? Yes, in great boring detail. <laughs> I thought you'd like that kind of thing. That felt I like love science. That too. I thought you'd like all the different names. Yeah, it would be interesting if some of the names were not Halloween related. They did seem to name pumpkins like they named paint colours, actually, didn't yeah. they? <laughs> what was the one? Long Island Cheese, wasn't they? That was a good name. Crazy Lantern. Jack Jack <laughs> of the Mad. <laughs> but one of the things we didn't talk about was giant pumpkins. Giant pumpkins grow at a rate about 100 times faster than your typical pumpkin. In about one day, they average about 20 to 40 pounds worth of growth. I'm struggling to envisage that. 20 or 40 bags of sugar. So that's like, put your arms out and... Armed, holding whole armful a of... crate of sugar. Right. Uh, is that... is that right? Yes. Let's... Let, first of all, it puts on 40 pounds... So you've got to give it at least 40 pounds of water or nutrient a day, or yes. an hour or whatever. A day, yeah. You must be able to watch it day. grow. Yeah, pretty much. I'm getting James and the Giant I mean, Peach you just, vibes you from see this. plants grow. I mean, you, you can watch rhubarb grow. You can hear rhubarb when it's growing. Yes. Right, look, let me tell you about the world record. Go on. I want, I'm, I've, in my head, I've got a pumpkin that you could chop the top off, hollow out, and just go paddling around a lake in. Uh, there's a guy who did that this year. No way. That's, that's <laughs> literally what happened. How weird. Because that was the, my did first Did you know? Thought. No, that was my first thought. That's so that weird. That. that was literally like the, the image on most of the websites. It was this guy who had <laughs> won a competition somewhere, like a local level, and then had hollowed it out, jumped in it, and was paddling around a lake oh, in it. No so way. how strange. Anyway, the world record was broken this year, 2021. It was grown by an Italian farmer, Stefano Ketruppi. And it weighed 2,703 pounds, the wow. weight of a small compact car. 2,000, that's over a tonne. It is, yes. 1.2, in you fact. Could, you could make the Cinderella carriage with one of those. It would be 
for a child, but yeah, yeah. And also they're quite slopey and sloppy. They're not like big round ones. They, they all kind of give up to gravity at one point. Uh, Mike Schmidt, though, let me tell you about Mike Schmidt of Wisconsin. Uh, he grew a pumpkin that was 2,520 pounds. So just 250 pounds less than the world record holder. But he was disqualified because it had a crack in the pumpkin the size of a fingernail. And it was enough to disqualify him from it. It prevented him from winning $20,000. And he said, it happens. There's no crying in pumpkin growing. There's no crying in pumpkin growing. I thought there's a nice... Words to live by. Right? How about that as a phrase? Awesome. All of these pumpkins are just grown basically to be destroyed, aren't they? Yeah, I think some of them make like pies and things, but I don't think you'd make that out of a giant pumpkin. Only so many pies you can get through with a pumpkin the size of a hatchback. Yeah. So I have to ask, did we put pictures of the magnificently carved pumpkin on the website? They are at hhepodcast.com. Check them out. So on the subject of pumpkins, you yeah. talked about jack-o'-lantern and Jack actually just carried the lantern, didn't he? Because I always think of jack-o'-lantern as having the pumpkin as his, his head. head. Yeah. Right? Uh, so I did a bit of digging on that and actually there's a number of characters in comic books and myth of people who have pumpkins for heads, but it's not jack-o'-lantern. So I'm going to ask you if you recognise any of these pumpkin-headed characters. Okay. Starting off, this is a man on a horse who terrorised a town. Christopher Walken. Correct, but who was he playing in the movie? Well, he was playing the Headless Horseman. Headless Horseman, sometimes portrayed as having a pumpkin as a head instead. Does he? Sometimes, yeah. A pumpkin? Yeah. Okay, this one is someone from a 1990s line of superhero comics published by Malibu Comics in the Ultraverse. (laughs) I'm not expecting... I'm going to wait Paul to get this one. (laughs) I think we've lost Paul completely with the mention of Paul. Ah, so, sorry, I, I, have you come back to normality yet? <laughs> okay, well, that was Lord Pumpkin. You were very close with that guest there, uh, Paul. Uh, then there's the character Jack Pumpkinhead. Oh! Sherman, 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 Sherman. Let's see if we can hear him. No, where were we? Uh, we were. You were going to have your final guess about this character, who is from another comic book called The Sandman. He's a jaded, wisecracking, cigar-smoking janitor. With a pumpkin as a head. Are we supposed to know this? Mervyn Pumpkinhead from The Sandman. Oh, you people. Hong Kong fooey. <laughs> Hong Kong f- What, are you just saying people now? This is, well, you said, you this said is the, the word, weirdest pumpkin-headed competition. You said competition. the word janitor, and that's the only time I ever heard the word janitor as a child. Ah, oh, the mild-mannered janitor, Hong Kong Fooey. I oh, couldn't I get see. behind that. Oh, I see. Right, OK. Uh, anyway, well, that was a quiz that you magnificently <laughs> failed at. underachieved on. So, nevertheless, we okay. will move on. So, OK, so, no, before we move on, so there was the pumpkin-head... Jack called, Pumpkinhead. Called Jack Pumpkinhead, I yeah. think it was. No, 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 from Wizard of Oz. Oh, that's Jack Retur- Pumpkinhead. Return to Oz. Yes, He's in a number of the Oz things, actually. Okay. Jack Pumpkinhead. Right. So he was a thing. Yes. I want to say that Jack Skellington from The Nightmare Before Christmas. I wanted to say that too. But, and but I he's just he's got not. a skull. He's just got a funny head, right? Wait, Skellington, right? Yeah. So he's, just, he's got a skull. Uh, nevertheless, let us move along. Yes. For a moment.
Mr. Dursley, uh-huh. you made some threatening noises about the uh, reception of this episode. However, you did warn us that we shouldn't be talking spookies and ghosts and goblins. And I think Ryan did a rather good job presenting to you technology, the future, agriculture. science, agriculture. So I want to know what you thought of all of that business, because I thought you'd like it. Uh, do you know, I honestly can't remember that bit. Vertical farming, smart farms, you can work from your phone. Uh, cubes, technology, South Korea oh, doubling print- down on... printing food. Not quite printing, but uh, you know, <laughs> you not needing... listen to it at all. <laughs> See, Was it the... in the one that you sent me? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. You fell asleep, didn't you? <laughs> Do you know, I, li- I did listen to it in bed. He's nodded off for the tech I bit. I do not want a grade <laughs> from you on this episode. You, you're going to just give me a bad grade because it's Halloween, thinking that it was just about spooky stuff. And there's a whole bit about high tech And you farming. fell asleep during it. I mean, that is the worst grade of all, that you fell asleep during it. I can, I want to look. I can tell you there were no sketches in it. There's one sketch. There was one sketch. Was there? So, yeah. <laughs> Where? You fell asleep. Was, was this at the was, was You jackanape. Was this at it the end? It was at the end, yeah. yeah. Right at the end? Right at the end. Oh, okay. Okay. So one, one of the things that we talked about was pumpkins. Um, I said that uh, it's not easy to... Or rather, you can't buy like a jack-o'-lantern classic or a big orange pumpkin Well, a pumpkin that's Korea. already got the face carved into it automatically. That sort of thing, yeah. So, no, what, what what I was suggesting is is that because we had to look at the future, I was looking at vertical farming, which is indoor farming, basically, digital greenhouses. And I was talking about all of the, uh, the process for how that's done and that by 2025, there's a very real chance that these technological digital farms will be producing larger vegetables like pumpkins. Mm-hmm. All flooding back. So. <laughs> <laughs> One of the criticisms is it's mostly leafy veg and berries and high high calorie items, and so pumpkins isn't really one of the yes, things they do at I, the moment. I, I do remember you were talking about um, sort of lights and things. Lights and things, lights exactly. Were and definitely locking the insects out and having to pollinate with a wand, a vibrating wand. I thought that would have stuck with you. <laughs> okay, I. I, I do have to put my hand up. If a vibrating wand was in the episode, I never heard it, so I must have been asleep then. <laughs> it was definitely in there. You fell asleep. Right. You're going to now sit there in your in your court chair and judge me based on what you've heard. <laughs> right, here we go. Uh, have you had it's... enough gloating yet? Yes. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm happy. loving it. This is all going in. Right, Judge Dursley, you expressed reservations and an expectation that it would be myth and legend and spooks and ghosts in the episode. But lo, Ryan has presented with you to you technology, farming and the future, science, all things that I think you'd enjoy. So what did you make about all the uh, farming and uh, technology aspects of the episode? Well, if I was awake, I would have known. (laughs) (laughs) Do you remember? Do you remember us talking about the Decepe and the Egg Ghost? Yes. Ah, oh, okay. But what are we going to do about the actual verdict? We could do the verdict. It's not going to affect my sc- your score, is it? It's still going to be crap. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. 
I would hope that it would affect my score. <laughs> right, so we've come to a critical question, Paul, which is, have you ever wrestled a Takepi? <laughs> Uh, funnily enough, I haven't. Do you fancy your chances in the uh, in the um, ring? No, I don't think so. I w- but I, I wouldn't fancy my chances against a three-year-old girl. So, well, this is probably the one fight you're you're actually going to win, and not because of the one-leggedness. Yeah, <laughs> it yeah, does help. It does help, but it, mainly because in every story the human wins. It is. <laughs> so. It is a bit stupid, but uh, given my luck, I'm sure it, I'm sure I could be the one that breaks that rule. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be the first to break the Dekepi rule. <laughs> I, I'm actually genuinely more interested in uh, your response to the, the thing that I really struggled to stop laughing about, which was the egg ghost. Have you ever come across an egg ghost? Yes, ghost. you did laugh a lot about that, didn't you? I, so, I, I sort of, I think I lost my way a bit then. All right, well, look, so I felt bad, actually, after that, because <laughs> we, we, we were mocking the egg ghost so much. And I was just curious. I'm like, so what actually is it? Why, why do people <laughs> scared of the egg? And it turns out it's not an egg, right? So the egg ghost is the most fearsome ghost in Korean folklore, right? And and the most deadly. And this is the bit that I guess maybe I hadn't Did you skip over out? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So some say that Dalgal Guishin is a childless ghost in that it has no descendants or any relatives left alive to hold a memorial service for it, which as we spoke about before is an important part of the culture. So without any friends or family, which are the things that make life meaningful, the egg ghost is cursed to essentially a wretched existence in the afterlife where it just it has no emotion it has no personality it just sort of floats through existence a bit like elon musk (laughs) (laughs) hence why it's devoid of a face Mm -hmm. it's uh, featureless Mm -hmm. and it has no personality i rest my case it's got no family oh that's really sad right so like i'm feel bad about laughing about it now <laughs> well exactly so it's it has because it has no personality it's its face is featureless it has a smooth surface but that and, doesn't sound deadly right well, well it doesn't sound deadly but if you if you see like a person exactly as a person with hair and everything and with a blank face it is quite a shock actually Right, because like we're we're geared to seeing those things, right, at a, mm. a real psychological fundamental level, I guess. As a, as a baby, it's probably the things that you're picking out first is like the features on a face. So to not have that would be really unsettling. And also, the lack of humanity as attached to this this spirit uh, means there is no communicating with it. It can't be bargained with. You know, there's no begging it to let you go. So it it just mercilessly drains you of life or of anyone. Who who encounters it. Apparently they are mainly found in the forested mountains and they'll stalk you before getting you. So you'll you'll be lost in these dense mountain forests. Uh, you'll end up like falling asleep and then being woken up during the night and this ghost will be in the corner of your eye and it'll just get closer and closer. And or that's you it. won't. Or you won't, yeah. But it's not just in Korea. The, the myth, the legend of the egg ghost is found elsewhere, including in... Hawaii. 
May 19th, 1959, the Honolulu Advertiser reported that an unnamed woman visited the female restroom and she was stood watching a woman comb her hair when this woman turned and revealed she had no face. The witness, uh, she was reported to have been admitted to hospital for a nervous breakdown, having seen this. And in 1981, a radio broadcaster told this story and dismissed it as fiction, said this is just rubbish, only for the woman to call in to the radio show and give more details on the event that had been unreported. So she, it must have been her. And she said that this, what they referred to as a Mujina in Hawaii, had red hair. Anyway, the drive-in no longer exists. It was torn down to make room for public storage. But the point being that you could be one day just going to the restroom and you'll see somebody combing their hair and they might turn to face you and forever you'll be haunted by the egg ghost. Just another reason not to go to public restrooms as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, filthy places. Yeah, it's disgusting. Uh, yeah, it's odd, isn't it, that? I think it's creepier than we gave it credit for. I think we didn't do it justice, I would agree with that. There was a lot of detail you didn't bring to the table. <laughs> no, that, but that is, that is a very uh, deep fear or so, well, something primal, uh, mm. uh, uh, actually. I can tell you that... Oh, years and years and years ago, I was burgled. And oh. the chap who burgled me obviously had a stocking or something over his head. And I only realised this. Sort of, he walked into my bedroom and I sort of woke up and saw Whoa. this man without a face, which was, in a sense, it was actually quite good because I was so shocked with that. I didn't do anything. And he managed, he sort of ran away because, you know, so if I'd have worked out what was going guy. on, I'd have possibly done something. But I shat myself. But <laughs> <laughs> that's terrifying paul it was it was what actually, a horrible uh, experience but, but the thing that i to this day remember about it and as soon as you mentioned somebody out of face that came straight back to my head it was that he was obviously wearing a stocking mask or something right and sort of in the sort of the i think he was backlit or something it just looked as if he didn't have a face or you were burgled by the egg ghost. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's no yoke, all right? Stop yoking around. <laughs> so, shall we move on? Shall we indeed? Let's move on to the next section. So before we get to the verdict, Pete, I was just wondering whether I'd just give a bit more detail about the future for South Korea. So we talked about sort of the technological innovations that are happening. And I mentioned about the drone taxis, yes, uh, if you remember, flying, taxis. flying cars and how there is a program in place at the moment to try and make that happen so that by 2025, there will be these two ports and you'll be able to get in a flying drone and... Uh, be flown across the city. Well, uh, I, I looked into that a bit more. Um, the Korean Urban Air Mobility, the KUAM, is a plan that will see personal air vehicles, or PAVs, commercialised by 2023, so much sooner oh, than I thought. really soon. These are flying cars. They are two-seaters. Uh, they fly autonomously, although they did like this public survey and said, do you want an autonomous flying car or do you want somebody actually flying it? And the public, by a high margin, said, we want an actual human pilot. <laughs> no, well, yeah, which is interesting because that will probably treble the price of a ticket. Yeah, well, yes, exactly. Anyway, so th that's, that has happened, and they've agreed that a human pilot will be present. Uh, but there is an argument over who will actually fly the vehicle. Will you need to have a helicopter pilot's license or an airplane pilot's license? 
because it's a drone and it used rotors, is that similar to a helicopter in that it it also takes off vertically and lands vertically like a helicopter, but it flies horizontally like a plane? I would rather trust my life to a teenager with a VR headset and an Xbox controller. (laughs) Those guys know what they're doing. (laughs) That's true. They do. Yeah, that's who I was. Exactly, right? They're battery powered, so there's zero emissions. Their height hasn't been agreed yet, but they fly up to around about 600 meters. That makes me feel a bit queasy. It's quite high, isn't it? <laughs> 2,000 feet. Uh, yeah, they have a range of 161 kilometres. And funnily, 161 kilometres is exactly 100 miles. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, so 100 miles in one of these things. Uh, they fly fast, 320 kilometres an hour. Wow! 200 miles an hour. 200 miles an hour. Yeah, you can fly from Western to Southern Seoul in five minutes. That sounds great. Takes you 50 minutes by metro or subway. They're quiet, 65 decibels, uh, which is about the same as a vacuum cleaner. And they are safe. So they've got four rotors on them. Some of them have got more than that, six. And one company is building one of these flying cars like a a glider. So it's got long wings with the rotors on the end. So that in the event that the whole thing just goes, it'll just glide to the ground. Is this rooftop to rooftop travel we're talking about? Yeah. So there's talk of having like, at first, there'll be stations. So you'll go to the station like, like a mini airport. Yeah, you'll take off and land from those. But it's getting to a point where there is a company that has mapped 3D mapped the whole of Seoul um, so and is looking at whether or not you can just land on any rooftop for these things. There are helicopter pads across most of the skyscrapers in, in Seoul. Well, I suppose there are historical precedents for that, isn't there? Because if you think about the Empire State Building, that big radio, everyone thinks is a radio mast on the top of it, is actually a Zeppelin landing point. Oh, is that right? That's fascinating. Yeah, so, so they were thinking about, you know, they would take the Zeppelins into sort of the Empire State and the people would disembark down right. into the top of the building. Straight into the city. Yeah, of course. How, how wonderful. Can you imagine seeing like a whole Zeppelin right above the Empire State well, building? Well, That's well, apart incredible. It's full of hydrogen. Uh, each flying car is worth 3 billion Korean won, which is 2.6 million US dollars. <laughs> so, you know, I guess 2 million pounds. Right. Yeah, you would expect these to get cheaper as you're building more of them, though. I mean, the prices yeah. are estimated to go down. So a ticket ride, 20-minute ticket ride, they're saying from the airport to West Seoul would cost approximately 20,000 Korean won or 15 US dollars or just 12 UK pounds. That seems very reasonable. Yeah, well, that's, that's all that's right. What, that's what they're heading towards. So they, you know... It's going to take you a long time to get your two million quid back. If, if these things are quite fast as well, you can actually do quite a lot in an hour. Absolutely. And if you've got, uh, you know, I mean, there's only two terminals that they're building at the moment, um, but by 2030, they're going to have 10 terminals. And you think how many that they can they can up and go pretty quickly. They, I do admire an ambitious country. They, they sound like a bunch of guys with plans. They have plans for sure. Sweet. Yeah, there you go. He's the judge, he's the judge, judging all of the things we does. He's the judge, 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 judge. His name's Paul Dursley. All rise for the judge. Right, I want a grade. Right, yes, let us move on to... Desperate for a grade. How did Ryan do? Let's find out. So, I would like you, first of all, uh, Judge Dursley, to consider the matter of factual content. Your grade, please. I'll give Ryan a C for that. C? Okay, I'll take it. Acceptable. C for Korean. Uh, you're, this might be controversial, but I'm also going to need a grade for spookiness. Well, I I didn't know that you were going to say this, but I'm afraid it's an E. 
<laughs> e for spooky because what, you don't enough? like spookiness, or was it not enough spookiness? Okay, I would I would give you. Uh, let's just say it was not as pathetically spooky as I thought it would be. So yes, I can accept that. I'll give you a C plus for that. Oh, C nice, plus, very good. Thank I you very personally much. think you let yourself down with the egg ghost, which would have been much scarier had you described it as you did just now. Yeah, it wasn't as funny though. No, it wouldn't. Um, back to traditional factors. Dursley factor. Hmm. Well, this is a difficult one because I really didn't know what a Jack O'Lantern was. I just thought it was some Irishman, but clearly it is an Irishman, but from a lot, lot long ago, further ago than I thought. I th I'm, I'm going I'm to have to concede that you, you did beat my expectations somewhat i'll give you a c again oh, i like this straight oh, down the board i thought that was going to be a b for a moment so and now the main event the real deal the final judgment mr dursley how do you judge this episode well i'm going to step out of my comfort factor i suppose and because i fell asleep halfway through it <laughs> <laughs> I will grant you a B minus. Whoa! Ooh. Remarkable outcome. I think I thoroughly deserve B minus, to be honest. Well, thank you very much. I'm, I, I wish I could carve it into uh, something so that I would remember it. A commemorative pumpkin, a, <laughs> yeah. a turnip perhaps. <laughs> Pop a little candle in there. <gasps> That's a great idea. <laughs> I'm going to carve a turnip with B- minus on it. And put it on the website. I love it. HATpodcast.com. Uh, actually, you know, uh, it's, uh, well, I think on the Wikipedia page, if you look at it, that carved turnip that they have on there is rather sinister. It's much more sinister than a pumpkin. It's true. It is it, true. It looks a lot more like a face because it's smaller and sort of triangular. Right. Oh, spooky. Spooky, spooky time. Well, I thoroughly enjoyed the episode. I think that was a well-deserved grade, Ryan. I thank you greatly for your contributions. Thank you, Your Honour. And I thank you, Dodge, as ever, for your wisdom and knowledge. Well, I don't have much knowledge on Halloween because it's not really my subject. Well, it's not a, it's not, it's not a subject full stop, is it? He's the judge, he's the judge, judging all of the things we does. He's the judge, 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 his name's Paul Dursley. So that is our show for this week. Thank you once again, Ryan, for your excellent contributions. My pleasure. Thank you for your wit, wisdom and judgment, Mr Dursley. My pleasure again. If you'd like to get in touch about any of the things we've talked about on the show or just say hello, you can reach out to us on social media or through our website at hhepodcast.com or you can email us at Pete and Ryan at hhepodcast.com. Yeah, we'd like to hear from you. And uh, you never know, you might end up featured on a future show. One way to definitely feature on a future episode is to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It's uh, super important to us and to new listeners uh, that you just let them know that we're out there. Uh, and if you're a social media fiend, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, any of those things, you can find us at HHE Podcast. And if you subscribe, you can get an alert when we post little one-minute videos that we do. 
Okay, so we're going to be back again soon with another episode. It's going to be Pete's episode next. Yes, it is. I will be talking about the NATO countries in the time period. Well, not really a period, but once upon a time (laughs) on the topic of ecology. I don't know if that's a tricky one or not. I just don't even know where I'd begin with that. Anyway, so I'm looking forward to hearing about it. I'm looking forward to finding something out as soon. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay, um, so yeah, that's going to be next week. So look out for that. In the meantime, if you can't get enough of the show, check out the back catalogue of episodes. There's loads of them now. They're all in your podcast app. They're on YouTube. They're on our website, hhepodcast.com. All right, that's it. So huge thank you to the judge himself. Thank you, Paul. Best regards. And thank you, of course, the man who made it all possible, Ryan Weir. Thank you very much. And that's it. I guess all that's left to say is... You've been listening to... History happened everywhere. The verdict... Okay, Mr. Dursley, here's a quiz for you. I will give you a different country's version of cheese, the word you say whilst having a photograph taken. And you have to guess which country uses that word for smiling when taking a photo. Okay. Okay, okay here we go. Cheese. America. Most of the English-speaking world. But also Switzerland. Oh, right. Presumably Swiss cheese, I guess. <laughs> right. But do they um, say cheese? So do they say cheese or do they say, what, cass? Or does it depend whether they're French-Swiss or... German Swiss? The Swiss use the English cheese. Oh, okay. Okay, who says whiskey? Scottish. Japanese. No, it is the Colombians, also in other parts of Latin America. Whiskey! Who says, and this is a translation, smile at the little bird? What's the birdie? The French, the French. Uh, No, that is the Dutch. Uh, I think there are possibly others that say that as well. Who says apelsin? Which is, which is orange. It sounds French. I didn't say Canadians. Dursley? I would say Belgium. Ooh, he's closer. Denmark. The Danes say that. Okay. Okay, who says Khabiz, which means bread? Is it some Arabic-speaking country? It is. You're sounds in the right it, ballpark. Yeah. Egypt. Close. Very close. Tunisia. Oh, even closer. Morocco. And finally, Paneer. Like the cheese? Yes. Well, that would be India, wouldn't it? Yeah. Well, there's also the Turkish, the various slightly different pronunciations of the same word. Okay. Jim. Jim. This means jam. Jam? Yeah. Jim. Iran. I'm going to go with Iran. Uh, It says here Poland. Paul say jam. Jam. But it does seem odd to me. That one was the one that didn't have an E in it. (laughs) Right. I'm not 100% sure about that. So any Pauls listening, do write in and let us know that is true. When you say that, like your mouth goes closed, if anything, jam, um, your lips go together. Okay, my question to you then. What does Dursley say when he has his photo taken? Oh, for goodness sake. That's exactly right. <laughs> Ten points. <laughs> oh, but yes. Or oh, don't you have anything better to do? I, I I I have a Chateau Anglade uh, uh, Margot a claret, hmm. twenty eleven, ten years old. Rather, I have water, and I have an empty glass. <laughs> <laughs>